Well, hey, friends, and welcome back to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. Today, I have a special guest for us. I have invited one of my Level Up Mastermind members, Madeline from Colorful Cute, to come and have a chat with us and share some of her awesomeness. Lately, um, I shouldn't say lately, I guess in May, we had a mastermind retreat. We met up in Florida. It was so great to connect and everybody just sitting around chatting. And I noticed at one point in time, after all our sessions, everybody was sitting by the pool and Madeline was sharing such great strategy and tips and what was working for her and Instagram and marketing. And she has this really cool, fresh take on some of that for us. And I noticed everybody was taking notes. We're sitting by the pool and everybody's taking notes. They're drinking their pina coladas and taking notes. So I asked her if she would come on the podcast today, talk about her CEO journey, journey to being the leader, the leader that she has become in her beautiful business, Um, how she has gone from a hobby, it's really a hobby business that she started into a full time gig during COVID, I might add, um, during shutdown and COVID and all of that, all of that jazz, as we know, and her mindset around you know, the ups and downs and all of all of the things that we all go through. And I know we all love hearing from other retailers. So it's my privilege and my pleasure actually to have a Madeline in our mastermind group, our Level Up Mastermind group. And she's such a sharer, sharer, can I say sharer, and giver in the community in uh, with the other members. And I just, I love her to bits. And I'm just so happy she said yes when I asked her to join us here on the Creative Shop Talk podcast today. So if you'd like to join, I'm going to mention this uh, in right up front, if you'd like to join retailers like Madeline and some of the other really successful leadership-driven retailers inside our Level Up Mastermind group, we do have applications open uh, for new members. So jump over to the wendybatten.com in our page and we'll have it in the show notes also on my page at wendybatten.com you can apply and join us and join retailers like Madeline and she's going to give some big takeaways and aha moments I was really impressed Uh, she's going to share a little bit about her business journey and some she's going to give us some actionable strategies that we can use with our Instagram so get your notes ready and maybe you're drinking a pina colada by the pool I don't know but uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation I have here with a Madeline from Colorful Cute in Miami. Let's get into it today. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple, proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers, and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. Well, thank you, friends, and I am very excited today for you to meet Madeline. Madeline, hi, I'm so excited to have you here on the Creative Shop Talk podcast. Tell us a little bit about you, your business, what brought you here today? 
Hi, Wendy. Thank you for having me. Um, so my name is Madeline and I own Colorful Cute. We are a kawaii shop in Miami, Florida. And for the uninitiated, the kawaii is Japanese for cute. So we specialize in really cute things uh, with Japanese origins or Japanese influence. And I've been doing this as my little side hustle since 2017. So for six years, we had it online and we did markets like uh, local markets and we did anime conventions and pop culture conventions. And then in 2020, when I lost my full-time job with the whole COVID craziness, we decided to try my dream, which was opening the brick and mortar store. So we found a location in a dying mall and took a chance and here we are <laughs> so okay so i have a couple of things to share with everybody first of all i had no idea either but i'm very initiated now in the kawaii um i i love what i love what you do i think what you do is really amazing but for those who may have missed that part she, she opened in 2020 <laughs> sure. In a dead mall, we'll talk about that in a minute, in a very quiet location, uh, location, location, location would not be what I would say you have to your advantage. And uh, in at the beginning of a pandemic, but that's a whole other, we can, we'll, we'll talk, we'll pull like that as well too. So tell us a little bit more though. You're, so you're in Miami and you know, how big is your shop? How, how big is the store? So the shop is about 1400 square feet, but only half of that is showroom. The other half is warehouse and storage, which is great for like where we are right now. And we have, like I said, we're a little store. We're on, we're in the mall, and um, and that's what we kind of specialize in. We just we're a small little store. We have a good community, and um, yeah, that's what that's what I've got. How many staff do you have right now? We are a total team of five. So it's myself. I've got three girls that work in the shop, and I've got a VA slash bookkeeper as well. Right. So tell us, I, I'm, you know, your, your background, do you have any retail background? I know like when I do these podcasts, this is what people always say to me. They're always like, I love hearing other people's origin stories. So you mentioned, and I mean, I know your story. We've been working together for some time now, but tell everybody. So did you have retail experience? What was your history? And, you know, you mentioned uh, you were doing markets or, you know, you were doing events. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about that and how you're growing? Cause this is a unique product for some people. Yeah. And also I'd love to hear like a little bit more of that background. Sure. So um, most of my retail experience was when I was younger. I was working in high school for the now defunct Blockbuster Music. <laughs> and yeah, taking it back. And I did a lot of work in retail for the first few years of my life. Um, I worked in all kinds of stores and stuff like that. But that was pretty much it for retail experience. After that, it was just a career of like office kind of work. I did a lot of event work as well. So I was actually with an event producer for a while and I got to do a lot of really fun events in Miami and New York and that was really neat. And then when I've I did a lot of office management stuff and I did event planning for a university and then I did a research conference and group organization as well. That was the last job that I had. So I had like a kind of not very heavy retail background. I just, I liked it. I always had fun with it when I was younger. I, I like being with people in stores and stuff like that. I think it's a fun experience, but it wasn't, I didn't have a very like business oriented or sales oriented or retail oriented 
upbringing through this. This is like another one of those accidental entrepreneur stories. Hey, it was just, I really love this stuff. I've been in Miami my whole entire life. We've never had a Kauai shop in Miami, which is crazy. And so it was just like, that's how it all kind of steamrolled into each other. It was just one bounce to another. And then here we go. So it was your hobby. It was something that you loved and had a love for and saw other people and saw the opportunity, like saw other people. So again, the accidental entrepreneur, by the way, is probably what describes 98% of my listeners, I think, um, and my clients for sure, passionate about something that's really cool or fun or exciting. And then let's just do this thing (laughs) without, so there's no, no retail degree behind, you know, behind your, your, I, I will love, I have to share this when you first contacted me and I think 21, I want to say mm-hmm. 21, 22, maybe um, you said, I'm really successful despite, despite my lack of knowledge. <laughs> I think that was like, you're like, I really, things are going really good, but I feel like I need to learn some things. <laughs> so like, what? I think it was yeah, like things were doing really well and I didn't understand how or why. <laughs> Right. Well, and to be honest, the mechanics of business, I mean, you were really popular. And again, we'll pull through some of that, Um, the mechanics of business. And then there's also the mindset around it, too. Right. And I know and I know that there's, you know, we all deal with both of those from my experience um, all the time. Right. It's like this nonstop, you know, we got to we got to do the things. Here's the things. But also I got to think about the things and how I feel about the things and I got to learn the things. And anyway, so we, we do. We do a lot of that, right? So, um, so one of the things I, you know, I invited you on here today. um, uh, Madeline's in the the mastermind group, and we had the opportunity to meet at our retreat in Florida, and we had so much fun. And pool, I want to say pool time, like we had a lot of business time, but then there was all this like pool time and all this conversation happening you know, in between all the things. And one of the conversations, um, well, many of the conversations we had was about your community and how you build your community and how you attract new customers. And I would love for you to share just some ideas because your marketing is so fresh. I want to say fresh and and who you attract. Can you share some of your marketing strategy? And I know we're working through a marketing strategy right now together in our, in our mastermind group. And, but you have this fresh take and I I would love for you to share a few tips along that. Sure. So I think for me, one of the things that kind of came naturally was because this was coming out of like a love for a very specific niche that didn't have a gathering point here in Miami. It was kind of easy for us to set up as that spot, like as that gathering point for everybody who had that shared interest. Right. Um, And then it got, I kind of view it as I'm really communicating with my fellow nerds, like my fellow people who love what I love. And so I, I really just drop the business hat when I get into marketing. I really do try and talk to these people like they're my friends because they are my friends. Like yeah. we're, we have so much in common. We speak the same language. We like understand the jargon. We get the lingo. Uh, so I, I, I went through a time where I was like very stiff and trying to like be like more professional with my marketing. And it just wasn't. It wasn't it. It wasn't fun and it wasn't connecting. And once I really dropped that and like shifted more into like, these are my friends. Like I want to hang out with my friends. I want to talk with my friends. I want to show my friends like all the stuff that gets me excited because I know they're going to get excited too. 
that's when things really started to shift for us. Like our Instagram really started to grow when we started to do more casual, more personal, just more like just letting my my geek flag fly, you know, Um, that's when things really started to kind of grow for us. And I, I think that's the big one is, is just remembering that you have this business because you love this thing, most likely, and your customers also really love it too. And so it's really fun to just lean into that some more and be as, as much that lover of things as possible. It's contagious. Excitement is contagious. Passion is contagious. And I think that's what we constantly try and inject into our marketing is like the passion, the enthusiasm, you know, it's just us. So like, hello, come hang out. Right. And you do such a good job of at that and speaking the lingo of your people. And, and I think it's such a good reminder. And more strategically, just about that, some of the ways that I have seen you gather with your people, whether it's online or in person, is you've created events. So you are in a dead mall. <laughs> you are in a very, very quiet location. So, you, you know, if you build it, they won't always come unless you invite them, but <laughs> they are coming, yep. but you are inviting them. You have been using other locations near your shop to host events. Can you talk or speak a little bit to, is that the gathering? Is it, you know, is that, and again, during COVID it was a little bit harder. I know that, you know, you, you were able to do it, but you've had some great success with those types of events. Can you just share a little bit on how you approach that? So, the event wasn't something that was built into the business model in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it came out very organically because we noticed that our customers would come in the store and like, sure, they'd shop, but they'd inevitably hang out. <laughs> and they wanted to talk about like their favorite new anime that just came out or like something else that was going to be happening soon or whatever. And so we started to like kind of come up with ways for people to just kind of hang out and meet. And so our first event was actually a movie night, a Sailor Moon movie night. And we just like hung out and we watched a movie on the TV together. And it was so much fun. And that that's what really like made us realize, oh, okay, like our customers actually do like each other. They're really nice and they want to hang out and meet each other and like make friendships and connections. So we started to do more events. And the big one that we did last year that was really successful was CutieCon. And that was inspired by you know, the fact that I started Colorful Cute at conventions, pretty much my first ever booth was at Supercon, which is like this big pop culture anime convention here in Miami. And we wanted to do like a little mini convention celebrating the store's anniversary and celebrating all things kawaii and cute. Um, And it was great. We had over 500 people come through that weekend. It was a ticketed event and it was so well received. Like, everybody kept telling us like you've got to do this again we want more of this this is so good we have so much fun and of course they were shopping and everything and so it was like it was it was a great indicator that this is like this is it this is what they're looking for they're looking for their community spots you know Miami is a big city but it's weird with community and it is not easy to find community spots and community gatherings in Miami, which is strange. You would think that that'd be happening all the time in a big city, but it doesn't. And I feel like in many ways, a lot of our friends that have stores in these small towns, they have that advantage because there is this like in 
ingrained community loyalty kind of thing that we don't have here. And so it's been interesting to see that like, wait, no, people here do want to hang out. They just don't have anywhere to go or anything to like get together with. And so becoming that place for them has been awesome. This year we've been doing a lot more of a, they're called trading nights and like people buy these little blind boxes and they're little secret surprise toys. And then you collect and you trade with your friends and they're loving it. And it's just so cool to see the community get stronger. The community grows because inevitably they'll bring a friend and the friend gets introduced and like, it's just so, and it just, it becomes also more supportive of the shop. They just want to like see you succeed so that you can do more fun stuff for them. <laughs> Yeah. So it's been awesome. Right. It's a, yeah, it's been fun watching you grow your community and seeing them stay so loyal. And that's our, our goal and growing new awareness. That's where we go from new awareness, as, you, as we talk about a lot, to those avid fans who just keep coming back and and your your events what you've been doing it's been it's been fun to watch those uh those be so successful i mean you're like we're just gonna try it right and i mean that's what marketing is we're gonna try we're gonna see if they like this thing and they did and then they keep coming so you also have an online component i just wanted to mention that uh so there's products and products and um there's no services though. You don't do services for your people, right? You have products in your shop um, and, and a vast price point. You have a lot of different price points in your shop, just so everybody understands what it is you do. You also have an online component that you're growing. So there are two different marketing. We always talk about the marketing strategy around both of those things because it's important. So it's really fun watching you do the community social, you know, social, your team is very social. Your team is very active and, and, we'll talk about that. Your team is really on board with your mission. They, they know the mission. They know, they know they're, they're all involved in the culture and they understand we didn't just hire anybody off the street. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> very, very knowledgeable staff. So I think that's really great. Can you share a little bit of your Instagram strategy, which I find really fun and interesting how you're growing new customers through your Instagram strategy or getting ones who are lurking as we call them. Yeah. In, involved and in, entwined into your into your brand? So one of my favorite things that I like about Instagram is I like hashtags. That's one of my big ones. Not so much like, yes, I like to use them in my content to reach new people, but what I really use hashtags for is to find new people. It, to me, hashtags are the equivalent of like, you know, that marketing question, where are your people hanging out? Where do they go right. on the weekends? Okay, well, hashtags are like the same thing. Where on Instagram are your people hanging out? What hashtags are they hanging out in? Um, and I love to look for hashtags. And then I go into those posts. They've made it a little harder now because like they took out the recent tab which Saw is that my, yeah i've noticed it <laughs> like mm. it's mixed bag some of them have top and recent most of them are just top content mm -hmm. but you can i would go in there and i'd find people who were posting stuff that's like in our world because of the hashtags and i would comment on their stuff and sometimes i would share it too so like maybe they have a really cute picture of their collection of like sunny angels right the little babies that everyone's going nuts for right now well, if they have a really cute collection picture, I'm going to comment how adorable it is. And I'm going to share it with my viewers. Like my followers get excited because they see somebody's really cute collection. The person who shared the content really becomes aware of us because now I've brought them into my community. And it like it just kind of creates this like really fun little win win for both of us. And they we end up growing that kind of relationship. You do that enough 
And eventually, like you start, you get that momentum going and you start to grow pretty quickly. So that's, that was my big, like, that was my favorite trick with Instagram whenever I was like, I need new new friends, (laughs) like go into those (laughs) hashtags and I'd find them. (laughs) Right. And I think it's good to point out, I mean, we talk about, you know, all these tools and strategy or tactics, I guess, but you know, the strategy was how do I get new people? I mean, that was the strategy. And then you chose to use that tool and it doesn't have to take hours. It can be 10 minutes a day. So, you know, that's all I did. I would put that timer on for 20 minutes and just go. Yeah. You taught me that I use it now. And I, I some of our other mastermind members are all using it. They're like, Oh, that's so smart. So I've seen people and just for, you know, um, people listening, you know, just uh, searching your hashtag of your city, like searching, like, you know, in your case, you you have specific ones, but even just, you know, what are people talking about in Miami right now, or, you know, or wherever right now, and, you know, smaller towns that works really well as well, too, if you're trying to get local foot traffic. So I love, I love that tip. So you, you taught us that by the pool one day. (laughs) So, you know, I know a lot of us were, you know, kind of like, oh, that's such a simple strategy. And, And so I thought it was kind of fun, you know, such a simple way of growing and again an attract strategy of finding your people you know we talk a lot and and you and I talk a lot and here on the podcast we talk a lot about being the CEO and understanding all our roles and there's so many things we have I mean you know for goodness sakes right (laughs) I feel like I could do a podcast for a thousand years because there's so many you know so many parts of that we have to run so many balls we have to juggle so I like to share when I have retailers on, you know, the real life story, the real life, you know, oh, it's all sunshine and roses, which is not ever the case. I've yet to meet anybody who's on this journey and hasn't had bumps along the way. So your road to being a successful shop owner has had, you know, like everybody, we've had bumps and whatever. Can you share any lessons learned along the way or things that you um, that you have learned that have taking you on a bumper or some highs. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe it's all perfect, but I think there's been bumps. No, no, no. There's, there's always bumps. There's always bumps. Um, I think that right there was like a big one for me. And I know this is a lot of people hate hearing this kind of stuff and they roll your eyes. But for me, the biggest thing has been the mindset and the importance of my mindset and like how I look at things. You know, I used to be so frustrated when there was bumps, like, why is this happening? Like, why can't I get this? And then it was acknowledging like, wait a minute, this is just what having a business is like it, there are bumps, you've, it's fine. Like, it doesn't mean like your business is going there. It doesn't mean that you're a bad CEO. I would do that a lot. I used to tear myself apart because I didn't have that background, you know, in business. And I very much felt like I didn't know what I was doing and the imposter syndrome. So working on like, how you look at yourself and like how you look at what is going on in your business and not taking your business personally (laughs) that has been like i think the big one for me and it's been i've been impressed on how much personal work becoming this business owner like has really encouraged in me and like has developed in me whether i wanted it to or not (laughs) it was like oh you're growing we're gonna grow we're gonna grow so much (laughs) whether whether you want to or not you're going to learn to become solution oriented (laughs) it's like yeah yeah it's not smooth sailing i know um you know we've had discussions about is there any anything in particular i guess i don't want to put words in your mouth but you know is there are there any parts of your so i i i too believe that um 
growing as a we all we're always personal development like it's always personal development we are not our businesses which i think we think we are i think we all think we are sometimes i have to like physically like 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 not physically but like mentally i guess take you know picture myself okay i am i'm i'm not just an employee in this machine that i've built you know i'm the visionary and as such i can you know i'm, I'm a separate person and i can look at it as this with a ceo hat on uh, which you sport very well, by the way. I always, I joke, I Thank gave you. up CEO hats and uh, Madeline wore hers uh, quite regularly. It was so cute. But yes, there's, I love my hat. <laughs> but there, there, that's our, that's our job. That's not who we are. So again, as I mentioned earlier, the mechanics of of running a business. There's all these things, and like you said, I don't know. I and I don't know why we think we're supposed to know them all, <laughs> and that once we know them all, they'll all be there because they're always changing. They I mean, always I'm, change. I mean, even even like. You know, I had I had been running a little business. It was a small side business, but I had Colorful Cute for um, for three years already before I even opened the brick and mortar. And so I thought I was I knew I knew how to purchase. Sure. No, I don't because <laughs> I knew how to purchase for like a small little side hustle. But it turns out purchasing for like a full fledged brick and mortar that's actually got tons, of, you know, constant flow. That was a whole other monster for me. And I, I'm still struggling with that one. Like you and you know that that's my thorn in my side is purchasing and then just like different things, learning how to how to be a CEO, learning how like to step that you have to take yourself out of your business and like come up with plans and and think things through and put your strategies and priorities in place like all of that kind of stuff wasn't really as needed when it was small it was just me and it was a side hustle I wasn't surviving off of it but once it became my thing and this is like how I'm paying my bills and now I've got to pay for other people too like it just became this whole other machine and I and learning how to do so much of it just was out of my reach that's why I ended up with you because I was like okay I could sit here and like literally I think a friend of mine gave me like a retail book textbook from one of her business classes and I was like no <laughs> I need a person I need a person who's going to come teach me like why am I going to have to go through this and like try and spin my wheels and try and invent reinvent things when there's somebody who's already been through this and knows and like, that's why I think it's so important to seek out like education and coaching when you're in business and when you find yourself, because you, that's what happens. I think for me, it was, you do the thing and then you hit like a wall, like a plateau and you got to get past that plateau. And that plateau usually requires changes in your mindset and your personal development and new knowledge, new skills. And so it's like really hard to get that new knowledge and those new skills when you've got a crappy mindset that's like, no, I'm never going to learn this or I can't do this or this is out of my reach or it's too much for me. But that's where getting good coaching or good programs comes into play too because they help you out of that. Right. Well, and I, I, you know, I'm an advocate for coaching, not just because I'm a coach and because I love coaching, but I, I, we're always, we're always learning our skill sets, always hitting walls. Right. And things change. So that book probably had some great foundations and even, you know, what we talk about and what we teach, like numbers don't change, right. Metrics and understanding math doesn't change and business foundations and all that boring stuff that we don't like talking about, but we got to do, cause that's what we are, the CEOs, darn yeah. it. But, you know, but those things don't change, but the hows and the strategies and what's working now and, you know, what, customers mindset like we have to be like everything right so we and 
I do believe, and I know that you believe this too, that we have to advocate for our own business. I don't think we have to do it all, but we have to be the leader. So you're, you're a great boss. I mean, I see you build your team. I see your, you know, you have such great strengths in that. And you mentioned your inventory and like, let's talk about that or let's, you know, that's, that's not a fault. And I know I hear you. Um, and I'm saying this for everybody listening, because I think this is something we all beat ourselves up about at some point in time, whatever it is, whether it's inventory or a bad hire or, you know, whatever it is in our business, we make, we're not like we're these imperfect humans. And so you were buying for smaller things and you were buying for a busier and then all, you know, you overbought. So, you know, Madeline overbought, she had this inventory <laughs> glut and every retailer listening has done that at some point in time. I would imagine most people have done that. I've done it. Everybody's done it. And it's like, you feel like, what was I thinking? And then ignoring it and I mean I know that you know I'm not putting words in your mouth again but you know, like we've all like I'm putting this is from my experience you know and then it's like what am I going to do and then I don't want to dump it and everybody's had bad buys or over buys or things change like your customers were all into this cool thing and then all of a sudden this new cool thing came out and you're like I got all this other cool stuff over here like hey guys you know yeah so I, yeah. I think it's really important to reiterate what you said, it's not, you know, we're not bad people or bad bosses or bad CEOs because we made a bad buy. Like that, that doesn't make our make or break our business. Right. We do have to rectify it. We have to, and I, you know, I'm watching you pump out that, you know, you're getting that out of here. You're, you know, like Madeline, what do I do about it? I'm like, we move that out. <laughs> like we turn it to cash. Let's get it out. Let's turn it over. Make some cash so you can buy some fresh things. And it's not an uncommon mistake. I mean, a lot of us, uh, and it's not a mistake. It's just it happened, right? So yeah, like it's, it's, for me, it was part of my learning curve. Like, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to know what overbuying is until I actually yes. overbuy. And now I'm like, Oh, that's what that is. That's now cool. we know, now we know what we're doing here. So I, yeah, it's cool. so funny, because it's been, it's been an ongoing, um, for a little while now, you're trying to move this stuff out. So yeah. here's the fun part. And here's where I think independent shop owners like yourself, who are smart and savvy and who care about their clients, who speak their lingo and who understands their, understand their needs. You know, we can still mess up products or whatever, but the fun part has been, and maybe not so much for you, but maybe it is the fun part for me, or as your coach has been watching you get super creative in how you're going to um, get rid of this product. So being creative, the like constraint causes creativity. We say that all the time, you know, we have to get 100%. creative and that's our benefit, our bonus. I think, you know, um, and maybe it's a curse and a blessing at the same time, because, you know, we have so much money tied up into it and it's our money, you know, it, it's real cash for us. And I always say some of these big box stores, you know, I, it's, it's just numbers on a, on a spreadsheet, but for us, it's money in our bank, right? It's like, exactly. we paid for all this stuff. We got to move it out. Still numbers on a spreadsheet, but it still has to be moved out. So it's been fun watching you come up with mystery boxes and grab bags and, you know, uh, twofers and bag stuff, all the things you've been doing. Um, You've done everything. <laughs> and you're, I know you have, and it's been, it, I know it probably has been exhausting for you, but you and your team have done an amazing job. And I just want to encourage those, you know, you, you were maybe a little defeated about all of this at one point, and then you oh, yeah. came to the community, you can't, so Madeline's a member of our member master, level up mastermind, and you're like, I got all this stuff, what, 
what do I do? Like, how do we move this out? How do we get creative with it? How do we still serve our clients? And some of it is dumping. I'm sure you're just losing it and getting rid of it, but you're having, yeah. your customers are loving it. I'm watching what you're doing as you're, you know, flash sales. I, I mean, we're watching you do all the things still, you know, we're still bringing in new things and we're still doing all the other things, but this extra stuff is actually moving out the door and it's been, it's been interesting and fun watching you. And it's a, a note to everybody else who makes bad buys that, you know, we can, we can figure it out. We can get rid of it. Yes. You, you can, can turn it to cash. <laughs> yes. Turn it to cash. Yeah. It's uh that's been, you know, any other um, places in your business, in your journey. And again, I, I'll, I'll mention you were in a weird location. I mean, I don't mean weird location, but it's not like, you know, high traffic location, location, location. And again, a lot of our listeners are probably like, I'm not on Main Street, I'm around the corner, or I'm not in this place. So I've watched you navigate that so greatly, like, just basically getting people in and putting signs where you need to. And, you know, I, I saw you put bubbles outside the door. So, you, you know, you're getting it. You're doing the things, right? You're doing the things and it's working. I mean, your foot traffic is, is good uh, in the middle of nowhere. And your team, like those two areas, can you touch a little bit on how you feel about navigating um, foot traffic, like what you're doing in your marketing, like that, you know, stepping into that role again and how you, how you feel about being a boss. Cause that's another thing that comes with hanging out with your peeps is different than being the boss. Right. So I'm not yeah. part of the okay. journey. Yeah. That, um, well, so the first part, I guess, getting people in the door that became like a really big focus for us this year. Mm -hmm. Last year, we didn't really have to focus on it. It was just happening. And, you know, it was one of those things where we got very lucky uh, anime was and Japanese pop culture in general was very trendy in 2021, especially in 2022. People were still locked up from the pandemic. And so we benefited a lot from that. But this year that's shifted. And, you know, a lot of people are traveling and they're putting their money with experiences and they're not doing it as much. We don't see as much of the shopping as we used to. So I've had to get creative. <laughs> and of course it's like creative and like, how do you do this cheap? Right. <laughs> Cause we don't have those big budgets. Well, we do. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's been kind of fun, like brainstorming different ways to catch people. And, you know, when in doubt, I just ask my people like, Yes, I try and brainstorm and yes, I try and come up with our own ideas. But really, like I just ask my customers in Instagram stories or polls, like, what do you guys want? <laughs> and they tell us. And then we just do that. And and most of the time it works out pretty well. So we have fun with it. We did like the bubble machine was a big one. Uh, we I just thought it'd be really cute to have something out front that would show that there's something in the mall. Because when you're walking by, it looks like the mall's completely closed up and like empty. <laughs> so that's where the idea for bubbles came in. And then we came up with the idea of putting up a sign. And the, the, the mall has like these empty directories. And there's one outside the movie theater. The movie theater is a very popular place. It's, it's like the only popular place in that in that mall. And Barbie weekend <laughs> was like that. With those were my customers. So you know those kinds of things. Just like really remembering like who are my customers? Where are they? What are they doing? How can I find more like them? That that's been really fun to explore this year. And it's like. Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. We started tracking foot traffic. We hadn't been tracking foot traffic 
now we do. Um, we do the little clicker, you know, manual. I thought it was going to be a big pain in the butt, but everybody just picked up the habit. And now it's just a habit that we have in the store and it's easy. And it's been helpful for us to see like the numbers and like, wow, like this day was really busy. And you could you can see that and you can strategize with that now that you have those baselines. So that's been fun. Being the boss is hard for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard for everybody. Being, being boss is hard. Because um, I, it, you know, it is fun and like I, you do want to just hang out. Again, this year was like my wake up call. And one of the things that I realized was like, okay, payroll is my biggest expense. Mm -hmm. That's my number one. And since it's my biggest, how can I make sure that I'm actually getting my money's worth? Right. And that's where like systems and processes and regular meetings. I wasn't doing regular meetings. I was not a fan of regular meetings. I didn't, I thought they were kind of a waste of time and not super important. I take it all back. I'm so sorry. Please have meetings. <laughs> like, please have regular meetings. It's so important. Doing that kind of stuff like has been it's challenging, but it's been amazing. And like seeing the differences and like seeing my team come alive more, like as they get more involved into things, getting great ideas from my team, because we're like meeting together regularly and we're on the same page and we're discussing and communicating things and creating processes together and revising processes and updating those things together. Um, so it's been a lot, it's been challenging, but it's, I find that part fun now. Like I'm getting way more into that and really like, it's almost like how can you get your team like little, little, little cogs in a machine and how do you get them to all work together better or, you know, more efficiently or more effectively, like whatever you want to do. Uh, how do they, how can you get them to be nicer or cuter or sweeter or funnier or whatever? That's been like fun. Like I've, it was a struggle for me, but now I'm kind of enjoying it more. And like, cause I see the progress, I see the changes. I see my team like stepping up more and like coming up with great ideas and like their enthusiasm is up there. And, and it's been neat, like seeing their growth too. And that happens when, when you step into that boss role really. And like, focus on making everybody win and everybody shine as best as they can, like really leaning into, okay, Jazzy's really good with people. Like she's awesome. We got to get her in front of the camera more and we got to make sure she's customer facing all the time. And, you know, Casey's an amazing artist. Like we got to leverage her marketing background and her art skills and like really lean into that and make her shine there. And like, so like learning that and like that helps me be a better delegator. And it helps them like feel like they're part of it. I've been, you know, my staff, I'm very lucky. And I, I think it's luck in both. Um, we, I, I do care about my staff a lot. I've, I hired, Jazzy was my first employee. She's still with me. It's, um, it's been two and a half years. She's still with me. Casey was my second employee. It's been almost, it's been two years. She's still with me. Melanie's been with me a year. I don't have to deal with turnover. I've been very lucky. Like my girls really love it. And we are very family oriented in that way. And we take care of each other. And it's been a good, a good community that we have ourselves. So I think that's been a really fun thing. I was resistant to it, but the more I've leaned into it and embraced it, it's actually gotten a lot better. And it's a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. 
right. So again, that's just, you know, you're stepping into your leadership role. And you know, I, personally, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud. Like, yeah, I do. I do get a lot of resistance and, you know, count your foot traffic. Ugh, you know, nobody was like, you know, or, you know, there's a reason there's a method to my madness or whatever when I'm sharing things, but you're flexing those you know, it's not fun at first, whatever it is, whether it's learning your metrics, learning the math. And I've watched you again, I have to, I have to shout out, like I have watched you flex the, you know, the math muscles or whatever too, right. Figuring out how many people do we need into the shop this week? And you know, what, what, in order for us to continue to do the things, it's not about top line. And I, we all know that it's, you know, the whole thing. And I've just really been proud of you to watch. And then I get these like, screenshots of like your math like I did my homework and I figured it out and it's all these rough sometimes it's rough sketches so it's okay it's good that's what we that's how we roll right but the leadership role with your team and I know you've been I, I hate saying it's luck I don't like saying it's luck when you you know when you get a smooth running team it's you know you knew the lingo you knew who you were looking for so you hired smart uh, that was the skill you had but like any muscle, like anything that we're doing, like going to the gym or driving a car, you're getting better and better and you're finding those muscles and stepping into the leadership role is different than the friendship role. We want to be friends with our staff, but we still also want to be a leader. So I'm laughing my butt off over here. You telling me that you're enjoying your staff meetings because I'm like you need team meetings. No, not doing that. That's too corporate. You know, <laughs> it's whatever. Right. So it's fun watching it. We do need, but you know, when we have staff that care about when we care about our staff, let's put, let me reverse that. When we care about our staff and we care about our business and, and they see that, and we care about our customers, that trifecta, the staff are going to do that as well. Right. They're going to start caring about you. They're going to care about the business and they're going to care about the customers and when that happens that's that that's when all those cogs start you know and they're all moving they're all moving it's working right like it's when it's working really well it's because you're greasing all of them we're making sure we're taking care of every individual one but we're also making sure that everybody's on board with the mission and i think stepping into leadership has been it's been a joy watching you step into your leadership. I mean, with your math and your numbers and your, you know, your marketing and your, you know, all of the things we juggle all these balls, don't we, Madeline? Like we juggle all yes. these balls and for some reason, I think we think we're supposed to be proficient at them right away. Right. You know, so it's been, it's been fun. Resilience is another thing too, right? We have to keep getting back up and, and thank you for the shout out about, you know, about coaching and, I see you dip in, uh, you know, we all have high days, like when they're just rocking, <laughs> like, you know, it's like a great event. And then we have days when I think everything sucks and I don't like this job and somebody walked me off this cliff. And so I want to, I also want to shout out to you because you will share that. You'll be like, I'm having a cliff walking day. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, so I think that being able to lean into the, to the group builds resilience. I think we're not meant to do this alone. So, so I, I'm, I love having you in our, in our mastermind group. And, um, and again, right now we're going through a six week sales strategy. I don't know. I hate calling it a boot camp, but I feel like that's what we're doing, right? We're doing a six, we're doing six weeks in a row of really nailing our sales. And, uh, and again, it's been fun watching you, even though, you know, you're busy, we're all busy doing other things dedicated to how are we growing our strategy? How are we doing? How are we increasing our in-store sales? How are we increasing our foot traffic? We're clicking, we're counting, we're, we're clicking, <laughs> we're clicking, we're counting. And how are we converting? And it's just been fun watching you go through all of that uh, as well with everybody. So 
Um, so thank you. I want to honor your time and, and I know our listeners and I appreciate we could probably talk forever. Before we sign off, I always like to ask a couple of rapid fire questions. Are you up for okay. it? Go for it. <laughs> you're super game. You're game for anything. So I am. You know, Mad- I am. Madeline, Madeline had me game for things when we were in Florida. I tried all kinds of fun new things. Now I'm just going to throw some questions at you. Um, what's a surprise hidden talent? I'm scared to ask this because I feel like there's something fun there. It's actually a really hard one for me because I'm like, I don't, I don't have anything hidden. Um, I, I would say I'm just a really good enabler. I'm a good enabler. Like, enabler. I'm an enabler. I'm an enabler. So if you ever need somebody to like talk you into doing something, I'm super good at that. Like, like standing in a mega long lineup to get cupcakes. Yep. Delicious cookies. Delicious <laughs> cookies and cakes. Yes. Which is what we did. Yes. Oh, that's true. Uh, you did enable me to do that. So um, I'm very good at that. And you will have fun. I promise. (laughs) Yes. Favorite or current business book. Favorite current business book. I, I actually, I will tell you profit first. I think. Wow. (laughs) that, That I know. Right. Like, I don't think many, I think that book just really made me understand like no girl this is a business we're not hobbying this we are not side hustling this we are not hope this works out like now where this is a business and we're gonna make this a business and in order to do that like fine money's always been hard for me I, I still you know personal finance is still a struggle for me I'll be honest I, it's hard and so profit first I think was like the one thing that really got me to just understand like this is serious this is money and like you can make money off of this you can live off this but we've got to manage this right and so that's the one like i always recommend to people like you start with profit first like start there and then everything else is lubricates that machine your marketing books will help you get the sales that help you with your profit and all of that stuff but you've got to get like the, the for me it was the foundation and it was profit i always say profit first Wow, that's really impressive. I'm I'm very I'm very happy to hear that. That's a, that's a, that's a great answer too. And you're right. It is, a, it's the first book when I tell new people, like especially younger people, are side hustle going on. It's, I say I wish somebody had given. I wish Mike McCallowitz had written that book. Like when we were starting out, we've been in business, John and I, 27 years, and I wish I'd had that book yeah. 27 years ago. So that's a that's a great. Uh, a great reminder for so many people listening. And I personally, I this is my side note to that. I find the book really hard to read because it's a math book. <laughs> like, but the principle, you read it, you get the principle of it and then get somebody to get a profits first professional and or start watching his YouTubes and all that. It's much easier to figure out, but that's yeah. a great answer. Wow, that's really, yeah. So where do you get your, my last question, where do you get courage and gather courage and you know, get your resilience from when you need it most? Like, how do, how do you summon that up? Where does it come from? <laughs> um, I, I don't know what it is. I know I, I tell, I, I'm very good. At, I get to the point when I say, okay, F it, we're doing it. Yeah. I'm a big F it girl. <laughs> like, F it, F it, F it. Um, I, I just take the leap. Like, I'll freak out about it and everything, but eventually, like, I've learned that it's, it's just, just do it. Just jump, just jump, see what happens and take that leap. But like, 
it might hurt, it might not, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's only one way to find out really. And so like that constantly, like I just, and I just say my, okay, well, F it, we're doing it and we go. And that's, that's basically it. That's what I do. <laughs> I just try not to think about it and just go. <laughs> Well, we're thinking, well, you know, it will turn us, it'll ruin us. So you're right. That's more the more dangerous. I think about I think. it, the less likely I am to do it. A hundred percent. That's fabulous. Anything else to share with us, Madeline, as we sign off? Um, I don't do this by yourself. I really recommend finding the people, find the coaching, find the group, find classes. Even if you can't afford the big chair, find something that, so you're not doing it by yourself because you really don't have to do it by yourself. Like, it doesn't make you a better business person if you do it by yourself. It doesn't make you more efficient. It doesn't do anything really. Just, just don't be afraid to get the help. Don't be afraid to ask for the help and like, and just move forward that way. I think that's my biggest thing for people is always don't, don't do it alone. There's, you don't have to, and it's, it's really not fun. <laughs> and it's a lot more work, I think, in the end when you try and go solo. So I'm really grateful I found you and our group and our mastermind and everybody, because it's been amazing, like being able to bounce ideas off each other. You get ideas from somebody else. You see something that worked for somebody else. I'm like, ooh, how could I tweak that so that it works for my group? And and like, it's just so helpful. And like you said, it's also the constant reminder that like, you're not alone and your like mistakes are okay. Yeah. <laughs> mistakes are part of it. Like eventually they tell you that you'll actually learn to love your mistakes. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not there either. I am still not buying into that one. I, I it's true, but it's like, ugh, it's still, but I, I do know it's normal. And I see, I don't, I honestly have not met, a, I've not met a business person, maybe a human who hasn't, you know, but especially in small businesses who hasn't had some whoopsies, like, you know, mistakes happen. So we have to keep trying, keep getting back up, which I, you know, um, your mission, I, and I I believe this to be true, you can tell me if I'm full of BS or not, but I feel like your love for what you do and the mission to serve your community that you love, you're, you're nerds as you, you know, you're, you, get, you get all, you get to hang out, you get to serve them. Your mission with your team and your leadership and everything is such an example. I feel like you're so driven. Your mission to serve your family, you have, you know, you have, how many children do you have? I have three children and a stepdaughter, so there's four. four of them. I know you have a busy household, you, you know, your mission to support your family doing, you know, and you work hard to do that. So uh, it's very admirable watching you just push through the barriers, you know, doing it scared, like you said, you know, just doing it, just saying F it and doing it and keep going forward. Yeah. And I, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today and chatting with my audience. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. That's great. We will make sure that we have, well, where's the best place for people to go hang out? Instagram? Where do you want us? Where do you want us to say? Yeah. So we are Colorful Cute Goods on Instagram. That is our largest, most active social platform. So that's where all the fun happens. Um, And our website, we are open 24-7 online, colorfulcute.com. So if you want to get a good idea of like what we have and sell and maybe you need some cuteness in your life, you can come check us out there and see what we have. And of course, if you're in Miami or South Florida, come visit us. We are in Sunset Place in South Miami. And you can come hang out with us and we'll give you some great ideas on what to do in the dead mall area. 
So I need to say, I need, need to share, it's not completely dead. It's just, it surprised me when you kept talking about that. It's not completely dead, but it's very slow. It's very- We're getting a spirit Halloween, so. Does that tell you anything? So, that tells you. <laughs> thank you so much, Madeline. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. We'll make sure we share all of those links in our show notes so that people can go follow you. I think what you're doing is amazing. So keep it up cutie. Same to you, Wendy. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so glad that you're here to join us this week, and I hope you found value in what we're sharing here. I want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes. You can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast. Everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there. Also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me. If I can support you in any way whatsoever, please feel free to reach out. So thanks for joining us. Please leave a review, subscribe if you can, and never miss an episode. We hope to see you back here again next week. Thanks, my friend. Have a great week.